0: Debbie George-Addis, and no, I'm not in my studio. I am doing this show from our hotel room in Florida. Just got here moments ago and doing a quick check-in to tell you about the conference we're doing, a couple of quick points about top stories of the day, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. And that's the story for today. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on Earth. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. Hello, my friends. I normally at this time of the show do a first five, a short segment, but this is a little bit of an unusual show today. If you listened yesterday, I was telling you that we were going to be in Florida at a conference. My husband and I just just literally raced from the airport to this hotel to be at a conference later, uh, starting tomorrow. And um, I planned on interviewing Star Parker. And I told you yesterday, Star Parker would be here. Well, she is here. We had a little bit of a miscommunication on time zone, so she's not really here with me. But I've been texting back and forth with her. She cannot do the interview today. So I was all I want to talk to you today about is number one, a few things that Star Parker's up to, what she's been thinking about, what she's been writing about. I, I consider her one of the extraordinary voices, voices uh, among black conservative leaders in America. Uh, she, she really is just a powerhouse. And then, second, I've been talking a lot on shows recently about how there's a uh, a growing Marxist. Uh, sense of the federal government, a growing sense that the American left has been completely overtaken by Marxists. And I want to touch on two more stories today that kind of, again, flesh out what we are watching happen in the halls of power in washington but first as to star parker if you don't know about her then i'm sorry for you she is a great great american star parker uh, is an african-american woman who grew up in uh, los angeles as she says as a, a welfare child a welfare queen and she will talk about that herself um and in her life she had an episode a series of episodes During her high school and beyond years, she did the unfortunate thing. Her family was immersed in the welfare programs. She ended up uh, getting pregnant, uh, engaging in a variety of criminal activities, uh, drug use, had numerous abortions, really was kind of going down the path of her life falling apart. And then she was very blessed to have someone she came across, I think actually someone she met in a park, who took her to church. And she just went to a Christian church and whatever the message was from the pastor that day, she walked away realizing I have better choices in life than this path I am down. Better choices in life of continuing to have unwanted pregnancies, drug use, criminal life. In fact, early on when she began speaking, I've known her for a long time. Early on when she began speaking, she would say, Things like, I'd tell you more about what I did in those years, but I'm not sure of the statute of limitations on some of the crimes. I mean, she really was, you know, down a wrong path. But she has uh, in her life chosen not only to get back on track, but she founded an organization called CURE, the Center for Urban Renewal and Education in Washington, D.C. And she's been on the show many times. I'll just tell you what she's relayed to me, what's been on her mind. And then I'm going to turn to just a few stories about what we all can understand as evidence of what I'm talking about this Marxist evolution in our conduct, a Marxist evolution on the American left, and the conduct of the American left, and what they're doing to people who dare to stand in the way of their Marxist revolution. But back to Star Parker. First of all, uh, she formed this organization C.U.R.E., and basically it is dedicated to the idea of helping to rescue and help inner city families in America, uh, mainly black families in America. And I want to find the language that. Um, yeah. So she's uh, I have a recent column sitting here, um, my stack of stuff, and she tries to talk to, to uh, inner city communities, mainly going through pastors. She has pastors conferences, pastors networks where she tries to encourage pastors in these large inner city churches to bring the message of hope, of America, you know, to basically say uh, there's a better thing in life, a better way in life um, than simply going down the path which the left is trying to entice people to join in. The American left is trying very hard to convince uh, inner city America that the only path forward for them, the only way they can function and survive is to become recipients of the welfare state, dependents of the government, uh, blame all of their problems on everybody else and she, Star Parker, is telling them through a variety of her activities, her pastor's conferences. She has a conference in Washington every year, I've been blessed to go to, um, where she's just, just laying out the idea the three, as she says, the three C's Christianity, capitalism, and the Constitution. She's basically saying America as founded the most extraordinary country. The, the promise it gives, the opportunity it gives everyone needs to be honored, blessed, appreciated, et cetera. And so um, she tries to spe- send that message. Uh, and then she talks with ch- with uh, pastors about the idea encourage your people in your congregation. Don't become dependent on the government. Believe in yourself, your God-given gifts, your God-given talents use the system America has created, don't allow or don't enable the American system to grow into a deeper, more socialist, more uh, government controlled, government dependent society. She's just a, she's a rock star. She has been also in Congress over the years. She's been so active in Washington for decades. She was part of helping to write the welfare welfare reform bill under President Clinton, which I think was like 1996. She's basically been uh, just a rock star in, in sending the message that there are, met, there are many better answers than letting the leftist Path toward utter and total dependency uh, be the way to go. She's written numerous books. Um, among the first and the most profound, in my view, that she wrote is called Uncle Sam's Plantation. She's basically making the argument that the welfare state today, being a recipient of welfare, living off of government assistance in housing and food and education and health care, living off the government is no different than living on a, the plantations of old during slavery in america it's just enslaving american people in a different way than the that happened and during slavery in america before the civil war she's encouraging people don't become enslaved you have so much more promise so much opportunity she's written many many books uh, and the last one that at least i know about is called necessary noise and i think that was last time she was on my show it came out in 2019 and she, in that book, basically talked about, yeah, Donald Trump has been a total, total disruptor, a disruptor, but it was kind of the disruption America needed. America needed to wake up from this slithering and falling off the cliff into socialism. America needed a disruptor, which Donald Trump was. But I want to tell you what the um, things that she's uh, written recently, man, and what I was going to talk to her about today, and well, she'll still come on the show sometime soon, I'm sure, but... Uh, She's written a piece I thought was a brilliant comparison she made. Uh, And she's basically talking about, in fact, the piece is called, uh, there are two topics you wouldn't think people necessarily put together. The the title of her column, uh, first of all, you have to subscribe to her column. Star Parker has weekly columns, brilliant columns, so insightful. Uh, This one's called I'm with Israel and against critical race theory. And she basically ties together the idea that in Israel, uh, there is just, I mean, it's a, a mess over there, and, and she goes through the history in an honest way, how we got to the point where we have Israel, the state, the country that is thriving, growing, has opportunity, abundance, uh, lovely homes, lovely neighborhoods. That that Israel was just literally birthed out of a, a barren desert by a people dedicated to go back to their homelands, dedicated to go back to um, their uh, their you know ancient homelands, and dedicated to. Um, to growing a country, creating a country. So out of this barren desert wasteland, she describes Mark Twain visiting there and saying, he thought it was just a, you know, how could this this be the holy land, the land of the Bible? It's a mess, but Israel birthed it into a country. So she talks about that spirit of w- what they did. And then she talks about the situation right now, the Palestinians. And again, as I mentioned on my show earlier in the week, the war right now is not between Israel and the Palestinians. It's between Israel and the Islamic jihadists, called Hamas, funded by Iran, a country run by Islamic jihadists, and Iran, supported by the American left, funded by Barack Obama, supported by Joe Biden. The Iranian government is the one funding because they are jihadists. So they take American money we send over there under whatever reason we possibly have. There is no good reason. They take that money and they spend it to fund Islamic jihadist terrorists like Hamas, who then go attack Israel, and then those same leftists who funded that, who enabled that, who made Hamas capable of doing that, also at the same time ended up uh, the as they are using the money that America has paid them, pays Iran, who pays Hamas. Who then, who then buys weapons and attacks uh, the Jewish people in the state of Israel, and then those same enablers of Iranian money are the ones claiming that they are so sympathetic with the Palestinians. Uh, and, the, and if you and, and you should be sympathetic with the Palestinian people, but the Palestinian people are suffering because of Hamas and Iran, and ultimately because of left-wing funding of Iran. They're, the Palestinian people are suffering because of the Islamic jihadists who are Hamas attack israel and of course israel does not put up with it but back to star parker she's making the point that you know why would black lives matter come out and endorse the palestinians which they did black lives matter just came out saying hey you know we stand with the palestinians it it is it is a mindset that is just simply rejecting of the values of and virtues of freedom of what Israel put together in their uh, country by working hard and developing that country, and the Palestinians are waiting for the next person to come along and help them and save them, and so she's basically saying she supports Israel and using those qualities like the qualities that founded America: entrepreneurship, hard work, efficiency, using your God-given gifts, supporting America, and answers to America's problems based on those ideas, same ideas that Israel has and made Israel the country that it is. This is what, this is she, and so she's basically saying critical race theory now being embraced by, embraced by the American left, uh, critical race theory is doing exactly the opposite. Critical race theory, this is my words, not hers, critical race theory is like another version of creating the, the um, Uncle Sam's plantation. Critical race theory is all about uh blaming one group of citizens over another blaming people claiming that everything in america is unfair and grotesque and 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 creating society and policy and ideas premised off the false idea that everything that goes wrong in your life must be the fault of some other oppressor so she in one and she's saying the palestinians are oppressed by hamas not israel Palestinians sins are repressed and accepting victimhood as the critical race theory. Advocates are trying to say to America's black population, just give in and agree to be a helpless victim, give in and agree to be a hopeless, helpless victim. That's the best life you can have is to be a victim and to rise up in outrage as opposed to being what America can make you able to be, which is strong, free, self-reliant, capable, using your God-given gifts. Pursuing your version of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in this country. Did you get to the second story? Okay, I told you I'm in a hotel room, maybe obvious. So I have to toss this phone to my husband, have him reopen the page that I want to read from because it's on his phone. So I'm going to toss him the phone. There it is. And then he will get back to me because it keeps closing. But I want my only, my second topic today, very briefly, is this. I talked about how the American left is just using what Uh, what leftists, what totalitarian, what tyrannical type governments have done, you know, since time began. The American left in this country today is trying to collectivize and and take power in Washington, trying to collectivize and take as much money, power and control over every aspect of American life, over the economy, over businesses, over everything so that we live in a government controlled society that has as its goal, socialism, Marxism, communism, and globalism, a surrender of America as a unique idea, that's what the left is all about, that's what their agenda is, that's what they're doing right now. Two things I want to mention about that, I didn't get to the show, on yes, I didn't get to the point of telling you about this. So, you know, we talked about many times how the attack on the Capitol on January 6th was an attack. Um, on you know on the U.S. Capitol, no one denies it was an attack on the U.S. Capitol, um, and it had you know, but it was it is being grotesquely, grotesquely exaggerated, contorted, misrepresented by the American left and by the media because they see this as another opportunity to galvanize power, to silence the opposition, to criminalize the opposition. I'm going to get back to that story in a moment, tell you what's going on with the January 6th. And there's a, now the left is trying to create a commission in Washington. But another indicia of a tyrannical government, another indicia of what governments do when they are not simply in America as we normally have, the peaceful transition of power We have free and fair elections, which we did not have in 2020. We have free and fair elections, the American people have spoken, they choose their answer, they choose their government, and then we all rock and roll and move forward for four years. That's how it's supposed to work. But in governments which are intending to be not just the currently elected government serving the people, but who are intending instead to build tyrannical power, to silence all political opposition, you do the kinds of things the Biden administration has already been doing. The Biden administration has been, in a variety of ways, intentionally collectivizing power, intentionally, intentionally trying to silence opposition, making it illegal, calling it domestic terrorism, if you dare to challenge the 2020 election outcomes literally calling that domestic terrorism. They have been trying to collect power in Washington with respect to elections, taking away what America's tradition has been since our founding of free and fair elections as the constitution requires control by the states. So you have the Biden administration uh, criminalizing any opposition, criminalizing free speech as, as domestic terrorism, as opposition that they will that, that they intend to punish as domestic terrorism. You have them taking complete control of the elections, trying to pass this law that would entirely eviscerate every single election integrity provision in every state in America, in every election from dog catcher to president. These are people. These are people centralizing power, seizing power, expanding power because they have the opportunity to do that. Now I want to tell you something else, very, very similar to what tyrannical governments do when they are in power and they think they can can do it because they've got control of the government and of the media. And that is they tend to criminalize, they try to criminalize and arrest the previous administration. So as you know, likely during the time President Trump was president for four years, you had the DOJ, the FBI coming after him on a completely farcical, made up, non-existent collusion allegation with Russia. That was one thing that went on for three and a half years of his administration. Three and a half years, we had to listen to garbage headlines, uh, millions of dollars spent investigating nothing, finally having to admit they got to the end of all and said, actually, there's nothing to this at all. Nothing to this at all. That was the outcome of the Mueller investigation. But we spent all that time trying to criminalize the president, brought about two impeachment efforts against President Trump, both just completely, absurdly baseless. One was the one was it an impeachment investigation and, and, and actually impeachment by the House and attempt by this hearing by the Senate, which had to do with a conversation he had with the president of the Ukraine in which he released every word of it. Every there was nothing at all wrong with it. And everyone listening to it knew that the Democrats knew that the Democrats who voted to impeach him, they knew there was nothing wrong with it. But they see this. They saw an opportunity to remove a popular figure, to remove someone from office who they understood the American people loved and supported. That was that was uh, impeachment number one. Impeachment number two came along even after he'd been voted out. We're going to have a new election. I mean, a new inauguration, January 20th, and they tried to impeach him again. They did impeach him again. Tried to remove him again over the January 6th um, incident at the Capitol. And so what you have is the Democrats seizing on every opportunity. Contorting and grotesquely exaggerating what happened at the Capitol from a clearly small number of people engaged who engaged in, engaged in a lawless activity. Small numbers of people broke windows, broke in. It, it you know it got it got out of control shortly in the U.S. Capitol for a short period of time, as the FBI has now had to admit. Uh, no weapons found. Not one person who went to the Capitol had a weapon. Clearly not much of a you know takeover when you don't even have weapons. It was just angry citizens who believed the election had been stolen. And it was others also on the American left, Antifa, Black Lives Matter types, showing up to agitate the scene. And so you have all a big agitation mess on January 6th. You had no weapons found. You had the FBI also having to begrudgingly announce and let the, the uh, liberal media outlets know so they could warn their own followers. Hey, by the way, all you leftists thinking we're going to have, you know, thousands of people arrested and felony convictions and long prison sentences. The FBI had to say, actually, you know what? That really, there were hardly any people who committed felonies most of these are minor misdemeanors and by the way pete friends most of the many of the people who were arrested in connection with january 6th are sitting in jail in washington awaiting trial many of them in solitary confinement which we normally reserve for people who are dangers to everyone around them or are just so, um, you know, so dangerous to our society. They have to be just, just kept away. It's, it's supposed to be a very, very rare kind of thing to impose solitary confinement, but that's what's happening to some of the January 6 protesters. But I'm leading all this up to say that what the House is now trying to do, Nancy Pelosi is trying to get through the House, the establishment of a January 6 commission. Kind of like, you know, we had the Warren Commission that looked into the assassination of President Kennedy. I mean, we have commissions to look into serious, serious things. This is a tactic, a ploy by the left to try to keep in the headlines, keep in the news, keep in the hearts and minds of Americans, the grotesque exaggeration the left has engaged in over what happened on January 6th. I am not defending the January 6 people. The people who became violent. I completely concur. Those who broke windows, uh, did anything violent, should be arrested and prosecuted for charges, you know, appropriate for, to their conduct. And they should be whatever side they were on, whether they were pro-Trumpers or anti-Trumpers. If you commit crimes, you get prosecuted, and and everyone understands that. But what the January sixth, what is happening with the January sixth thing is the left sees this as an opportunity to a long-term smear, a long-term attack, ongoing uh, evisceration of Donald Trump and his agenda and of his followers to criminalize his followers because they don't like that Donald Trump's message really resonated with the American people. They don't like that Donald Trump's message of freedom and rebuilding America the great and America the free. These are absolutely inconsistent with what leftists want. And so you have leftists perfectly willing to uh, go as far as they can to diminish and destroy any positive legacy of President Trump. This is why Pelosi is coming up with a January 6 commission idea where they're going to treat it as always like the JFK assassination. These same people, by the way, the whole last year before the election, when you had Antifa and Black Lives Matter causing far, it was like something like 620 times the amount of property damage caused by Antifa and Black Lives Matter all around this country than was caused in the Capitol in January 6th. So, destruction of buildings smashing of windows burning of cars shooting and killing police officers all of that was conducted by the uh the antifa black lives matter crowd in the whole um in the entire year of 2020 and there's no commission no suggestion of a commission from nancy pelosi on that front no suggestion maybe we gotta look at what you know who funded this because there are nefarious communist funders of these organizations. And these are not things that the American left wants to have you understand. So, Jan- so you're not gonna have Nancy Pelosi looking into who funded Antifa, who funded Black Lives Matter. What about these Chinese Communist Party affiliated organizations in America that funded and agitated and orchestrated many of the riots we saw on the streets of America in 2020. No interest in finding that out because they're on her side. So she's okay with them. But the January 6th thing, which not excusing the wrongdoing that did occur, but no weapons. And by the way, the only death, only violent death that occurred that day was the shooting by a Capitol police officer of of an American veteran, a U.S. military veteran who was not armed. That's the one violent death. Other the uh, the the other stories. I don't want to get way off in the details of it again. But the left tried for the longest time to prop up the story that Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick died because he was beaten over the head with a fire um, ho- a uh, fire extinguisher during the riot during the January 6 events. As it turns out, the D C medical examiner finally had to come forward and say Brian Sicknick died. Sadly, I'm sorry anyone passes on died from having two serious strokes a few days later after that incident he was never there's no zero zip nada no evidence of physical external or internal injury he was not sprayed with bear spray which was one story that got floated around he wasn't hit over the head he sadly passed away uh due to strokes but the capitol police officer this Capitol police officer the story that he his death was among those that occurred because of January 6th was a complete lie. But the media kept it in the the media as long as they could. So I'm getting around to saying, I'm happy to say that in Washington, Kevin McCarthy, whom I don't praise that often, but he is the House, the minority leader in the House, You know, he's the because Republicans are the minority. So Kevin McCarthy is a minority leader, but he has come out and publicly said he will not support. He will not get behind the creation of a January 6th commission. And I hope it's because he recognizes that the entire January 6th commission idea that Nancy Pelosi has (laughs) is just one more effort of the left. To destroy the legacy of Donald Trump. To grotesquely exaggerate what happened on January 6th, destroy the legacy of Donald Trump, and far more important than the legacy of Donald Trump, destroy the agenda of the the pro-America, bring America back, strong America, America first agenda that millions and millions and millions of Americans support. The pro-America, pro-freedom, pro-strong borders, pro-free markets, anti-socialist, strong military, the whole agenda of the the, uh, America first agenda Millions of Americans love and the American left hates, hates because that agenda is a roadblock to the leftist intentions they have of growing the federal government's power of turning america away from a country rooted in freedom and to a country that is rooted in government-controlled society a marxist eventually socialist eventually communist society that the left has now embraced many many on the left embrace you got to call it what it is they're headed toward communism america's headed that way and the globalism part is all part of that, is all connected to that. Because the idea of America, the strong, the free, the the beacon of liberty, the the example to the world, how people can live in liberty, uh, this bothers many globalists who who want to have the globalist socialist control over the whole world and do not want America standing up as a beacon of freedom, encouraging other people and other countries to believe in their right to freedom. So that's where we are on Nancy Pelosi. She's trying to, Continue her exaggeration of the January 6th incident by creating a commission, and just just make yourself compare. That is with a commission. You know, I mean, there have been other commissions, but one of the most prominent, known in American history, the Warren Commission, was about the assassination of John F. Kennedy, which was basically getting at you know what really happened that day, who all was involved. The January 6th thing was a combination of people from both sides of the aisle, meaning people on the American left. Antifa, Black Lives Matter types. And on the right, you have people, people very upset because they really believe the election was stolen and they were very bothered that it was obvious that the uh, Congress was going to allow, that was going to enable that stolen election to go through. Not justifying that they went into the into Congress that day. That's not the way we solve things. But I will say it was a, it is an incident that, you know, deserved the prosecutions for those who committed crimes. But it is not the elaborate, Insurrection is not an insurrection, and the left knows it. Nancy Pelosi knows it, but she sees the opportunity of characterizing January 6th as an insurrection as cementing leftist power in Washington. And One other quick story, and I'm going to wrap it up today very quickly, but there was a, um, you know, during Trump's presidency, I mentioned a moment ago, we had the uh, investigation ongoing, endlessly ongoing into the non-existent Russia collusion But you also had prosecutors and uh, and um, foundations, organizations of various kinds, pushing and pushing and pushing to try to get access to President Trump's taxes. And, you know, I mean, if I were advising a politician, you know, I I think that releasing your taxes has become a norm. And so President Trump got a lot of grief because he always declined to release his taxes. And there was always the notion, and I said it on my show many times, there's always a notion when you have the kind of money he does, when you have the kind of money he does, and you're able to take advantage of all sorts of tax. Just tax laws. People call them loopholes, but they're laws. They're laws that enable allow you to take certain deductions, to characterize certain expenditures in a certain way, may allow you to delay paying taxes, or and, 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 and there are all sorts of things written into federal law passed by both parties that people of great wealth take advantage of. It's also child's play for any IRS lawyer, any lawyer in America. Who is determined to try to find, make a claim of violation of federal law to look at the wealth, the tax returns of some wealthy person and say, "Oh yeah, th- this deduction doesn't look right. I think this was wrong. I think this was criminal." You can understand this. There is a uh, there is an ability of you know, the, as they say, you could indict a ham sandwich. You know, a good prosecutor could. Uh, you can find a crime, investigating anyone, look at anyone's life. Every tax filing they ever did, every behavior, every form they ever, whatever they've done in their life, and you could, a good prosecutor could find a way to indict anyone. Every one of you listening, anyone. That was the expression became, you could, you could, a good prosecutor could indict a ham sandwich. So now on this, on this Trump uh, thing, the story I wanted to mention, kind of closing out what I'm saying about how the left is engaged in just this complete evisceration Oh, Donald Trump, his legacy, his agenda, and his followers. News is coming out today um, that um, President Trump is under criminal investigation by New York Attorney General Letitia James and the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. So they're now announcing all their endless civil investigation, wanting to see his taxes and a you know, civil investigation of everything you ever did. And especially when you're Donald Trump and you have had the business dealings he, he's had, you have had the... Um, Uh, trying to make this a little brighter there, you've had the business dealings, he's had the massive business deals, international deals, built, um, you know, built businesses around the world, built buildings. I mean, you're going to have an endless array of potential um, things that someone, a prosecutor could look at and say, hey, this doesn't look right. I think this probably violated X law. So left has been trying to find a way to criminalize him, you know, since he literally, since he rode down that escalator and announced he's running for president, they've been trying to find a way to destroy him. So today, uh, the news broke that uh, President Trump is under criminal investigation by New York Attorney General Letitia James and Manhattan District Attorney's Office. um, And Um, And she actually, the statement she made, Letitia James said was the inquiry into Donald Trump's property company was no longer purely civil, meaning it's criminal. Now, it doesn't say yet this is going to be about his taxes, going to be about a business deal that one of his companies made uh, some way in which a expenditure was a a deduction was permitted. I, I mean, you can, as I'm telling you, if you are, you know, a first year law student and you've taken tax law, you can find a way To indict anybody. And when you are the U.S. Attorney in New York and you are the District Attorney in New York, you can find a reason to prosecute anyone. And what I'm getting at is I am not going to claim that every single tax return ever filed by any entity related to Donald Trump is perfect. In fact, you can, you also, to be really clear, people of his level of wealth, You know, you could take your information every year, your uh, income, expenses, all your records, and take them to five different tax professionals of the highest caliber and say, okay, here's all my information. Please prepare my taxes. And you'll get five different returns created because the tax code necessarily involves interpretation, involves looking at provision in the law and then a regulation that interprets it and then your own judgment well i think in this case you could characterize this expenditure this way but this other case over here i don't think you can do that you would get five different tax returns putting together tax returns at that level it it necessarily involves thousands of judgment calls so back to this i don't know what they're coming after him for but they're announcing going to come after him and i'm not saying they won't be able to find something that whether it's taxes or a business deal, or some other co- something else this company. They can probably find something that will make a colorable argument that as some kind of indictment is due. But I'm here to tell you, and wrapping up today, why they're doing it. It is not because they actually think he did anything wrong. It's not because they, they, he has been a you know a criminal in the tax world or a criminal in the business world. It is because they are leftists. They are leftists. They are enraged with the idea that Donald Trump won an election over she who was to be crowned, Hillary Clinton, and that he won an election running on a pro-America, pro-freedom, pro-constitution, pro-free markets, pro-capitalism, pro-strong military, pro-sovereign nation agenda, everything he ran on. Utterly is utterly opposed to everything that the uh, American left stands for, everything. And his, not just because he ran on it, he won, but because what he did in the course of running all of those big rallies he had, all the rallies he had before the election, after the election, the policies he put in place, these were pro-America rallies, Pro America policies, pro America agendas, and millions of Americans got excited again about the idea of being American. They got excited about the idea that, yeah, here's someone who's going to stand up, look out for the little guy, bring home jobs that are living overseas in some countries uh, taken away from America, bring back manufacturing, bring back jobs, bring back the heartland, bring back employment. You know, encourage people they don't need to be dependent on government because they can be self-sufficient. Everything Donald Donald Trump instilled in the hearts and minds of millions of Americans is utterly contrary, utterly contrary to what the left wants. And this is why the US attorney and the district attorney in New York are looking into his, whatever the business dealing is, whatever the tax thing is, They are looking into it because this is an effort, broadly speaking, by the American left, an effort similar to, related to, intertwined with the effort by the administration to shut down political opposition by calling it domestic terrorism, shut down elections. The American people can no longer rise up and choose someone whose agenda is inconsistent with their agenda. Everything the left is doing is screaming to the American people, we are going to take down this country. We are going to make America, take away America away from being land of the free and home of the brave, take America away from the roots of our declaration and constitution and bring America into line with what the Marxist leftist agenda is all about, which is government controlled society, speech regulated, religion regulated, border open economy controlled by the government, a socialistic nation in which more and more people are dependent on the government day after day, more free money pouring out of Washington. It is a destruction of the American spirit of independence, the the spirit of the American people that is really behind all much of what the left is doing. Destruction of that spirit of the American people. And that's what we're up against. And that is why I do my show. You know, when we're back in Dallas and I'm doing my show normally, i have a why it matters to you segment at the end of the show however as you can see i'm in this hotel room in florida we are traveling here for a convention um at conference and uh so no why it matters today i just if you couldn't tell i just winged it on this show so i hope you we don't even have anything up at the website for uh the links to these stories we're not going to have that for today or tomorrow but i do urge you last thing as you're listening and closing out On my website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org, AmericaCanWeTalk.org, number one, you can go to that website and hit subscribe. It is free to subscribe to my weekly newsletter. It's a great newsletter, fact-filled, substantive, links to every interview, every story we covered. And so if you go to the website, Americachemytalk.org hit subscribe. It, you just put your email in and you'll get my once a week email. It comes out on Friday or this week we're traveling. so more like Sunday probably. But it comes out once a week. It's a great way to catch up on the show on the weekends. It's a great way to share the show with your friends. I encourage you to forward my email to your friends. Share the show with your friends. That's how the show goes. Number two, this show, I am telling you, I would love, 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 and appreciate if you would consider becoming a member of this show. What that means to become a member means go to our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org, and on the home page the word members across the top you hit that up comes join and you can join america can we talk and when you join that means that you will be eligible and able to watch our Thursday shows. Our Thursday shows are for members only. Tomorrow's Thursday show will be an interview right here in this Florida conference I'm at uh, with Frank Gaffney, the founder of the Center for Security Policy in Washington, D.C. It'll be a stellar interview. He is he is all on top of the uh, news about the, the, current, the new uh, CIA head as being someone who is, should be very much of concern to the American people. Um, whose apparent uh, support of the Chinese Communist Party or uh, involvement in the Chinese Communist Party uh, affiliated organizations is cause for concern. We'll be talking foreign policy, Israel, Palestinians, Hamas, China, all foreign and national security show tomorrow with Frank Gaffney. So if you join, you'll be able to watch that show tomorrow. You watch it right here on this website, americacanwetalk.org. For our new listeners on Rumble, Everywhere else you're watching the show, please go to my website AmericaCanWeTalk.org, hit that join button, hit that subscribe button, button become become part of the America Can We Talk family, which was what my show is all about is standing up for and preserving America. And also, if you're watching this on the right side broadcasting, Right Side Broadcasting is now carrying this show. If you're listening to this on Right Side Broadcasting, wherever it is, YouTube, wherever else it is, I urge you uh, also, um, first of all, I'm grateful to Right Side Broadcasting. Thank you so much for picking up my show. Um, And I encourage you, if you're watching there, again, go to our website, americachemmetalk.org and join, subscribe, and if you're watching any of the social media, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you are, please like and share this show. You know the things to do. Please like those things. Please support the show, because this show is all about preserving America. This is why I do this show Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time, is to speak up for America. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America, because America matters, and I'll talk to you next time america can we talk truth about america